0: And we're back with another edition of the Cosmic Crossfire. It's Gerald coming right back at you here along with my good friend. He is the man behind Rob McCallum Films. You gotta check out everything at robmccallumfilms.com. All of his great projects, his great stuff going on, including Boxheart, the documentary, Power of Grayskull, and so much more. It's my good friend. It's Rob McCallum. What's going on, man? I know uh, some 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 heavy times now, heavy times now, but we'll try to get through it as best as possible.
1: Yeah, we uh, met with the unfortunate news uh, late last night that our good friend and uh, Nintendo Quest participant, Sid Bolton, Canada's top game collector, uh, is no longer with us. The details are, are scarce right now, and they really don't matter in the grand scheme of things. Sid was a very generous guy. For as vast as his collection was, his generosity clearly outpaced it. He was one of the first people to reach out to us when he had heard about Nintendo Quest and offered to do pretty much anything that that we could think of that he might be able to help with. He, He made phone calls, he made emails... He invited us over to his place. We filmed with him twice, uh, very early on, once before Jay's journey started and once the journey actually started, I think on day three. On our three disc set of Nintendo Quest, there's a good 20 minute uh, interview where Sid talks about, you know, his love of the gaming industry, the ups and downs, what he thinks worked. Uh, works and his personal insight and I've uploaded that bonus feature to the uh, Nintendo Quest Facebook page for people to take a look at it so they can remember Sid and just the kind of passion this guy had for for the hobby and and collecting in general just really salt of the earth kind of guy and and it's and it's sad right and I, I think about stuff like the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull not everybody's favorite Indiana Jones movie but there's that one line that I always come back to in that That's when Jim Broadbent turns to uh, Harrison Ford and says, you know, we reach a certain point in life where it stops giving us things and starts taking them away. And uh, I've actually lost three people in in the last month within my circle. And for Sid to be number three is just not something I don't think anybody saw coming. He had done panels with Jay in March on gaming. They did Nintendo Quest giveaways. He was set to be at the Comic-Con here locally in a few months. He runs the PC Computer Museum out of Brantford, Ontario. Just just a really great guy, a huge supporter of us, and you know, all the best to his family as they try to move on with that giant void that's going to be in their life that Sid represented. And uh, to the gaming community, too, who he did so much for, to educate them and showcase some lost technology or often... Uh, endangered technology uh, that was going to miss. He's just a really good guy, and just really fortunate to to get to know him. So, uh, Sid, if you're listening to this, or you're tuning into our our live stream, or checking out the PCC or the Multiverse or the Cosmic Crossfire, this one's to you, buddy. And you know, we look forward to keeping your legacy going on. And we're very thankful that we were able to capture a little bit of who you are uh, in our film
0: definitely sounds like someone that's gone way too soon our condolences to the family and obviously my uh, heartfelt condolences in your loss as well and and hopefully he will be remembered for some time to come for all the things he did in contributing to the gaming
1: community right but as Sid always believed, you always keep pushing and you always keep going uh, whether it's collecting or or spreading the love and joy of video games so we'll we'll continue on here with the cosmic crossfire couple topics today that piggyback off some things that we've been talking about in recent weeks, which is something we like to do. It makes us look a little bit more professional, like we actually have a grand plan when it comes to the Crossfire. It's not just smatterings of news reports out there. There's there's actually a little setup and payoff. And the first thing I want to talk about is John Lasseter. A few shows ago, we talked about Lasseter possibly coming back. Should he come back? Which was the worst idea, I believe, was the segment that we first talked about it. And now it's been confirmed that Lasseter is going to leave Disney. It was the worst idea, according to what you were telling me. Yeah, the, the worst idea of, was Lassiter coming back. So according to a Slash Film article that piggybacks off stories and Variety in the New York Times, Lasseter will not be coming back. He will have a consulting role with the company through December 31st. The article continues to go on to say Disney has yet to announce a permanent replacement for Lassiter. But Jennifer Lee, who's the director of Frozen and Pete Docter's director of Inside Out, are both expected to take on increased responsibilities with Lee handling Disney animation duties and Doctor handling Pixar. The question I've got, the impossible question, Gerald, is how do you move forward if you're John Lasseter?
0: The answer to that is you really don't. Yeah, you shouldn't be a want for any assets. I'm assuming that if you've done anything close to a decent job with your accounting, you should be able to go ahead for the rest of your life and be able to be okay in what you're doing, just in retirement, what have you, but also pondering about the mistakes that you made while during your office, because while you were running Pixar. So... I think there is no happy ending to this because obviously of what took place there should be no happy ending and at this point in time it's just going to be something that we all have to move on from in our own way and Pixar as a company putting out great properties and trying not make the same mistakes as a company for Disney and Pixar
1: yeah, I don't know that anybody's ever concerned about Lasseter's financial future. With the sale of Pixar alone, he's, he's stood to make a lot of money there. Plus, he's probably got royalties on the films that he at least directed, if not executive produced up to this point. So he's always going to have a bit of a coin bank coming in every every quarter at the very least. How do, you, how do you get out of bed knowing that you don't have anything to look forward to anymore?
0: Well, unfortunately, like I said, it's it's self-made, this problem has been perpetuated by his own mistakes and his ignorance in regard to that issue. I mean Oh, I don't feel sorry for him at all.
1: You know what I mean? I don't feel sorry for him. I'm I'm not trying to say he's a victim. I just wonder, you know, when we think about the human condition, how do you go on? Is this, you know, another case where, well, this person might have to be on the suicide watch list because what is he going to do with the rest of his life? He's seen his best years. It's a little bit like Orson Welles in that Wells came out into the film industry making the biggest film of all time at the very beginning of his career and everything else was downhill. At least Wells got to continue making films uh, on his own terms, more or less, until the end of his uh, life and career. Lasseter doesn't even have a chance to do that unless he's sneaking something in under the table or behind the scenes. But who's going to take a chance to get affiliated with a guy like this and I only ask this question because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a creative just like he is. So when I get up every day, the wheels are turning. I'm getting excited about different ideas. Just before we went on the air, I was writing two short films, just doing some outlining for them because I got some potential irons in the fire and a little teaser for everybody out there. John Lasseter's got nothing. He can't even do that because everything he touches is tarnished. very much like Bill Cosby or Harvey Weinstein. Or pick somebody else that's in the same conundrum. And I just wonder how do you possibly move forward as a human for the rest of your life, knowing that you got family and kids, and what is this family and kids gonna have to go through? You know, they're forever attached to him. Pixar, I think, can you know distance themselves and same with Disney. I'm sure he still has friends there. That's their decision to make how they want to associate. I can't imagine it being just as easy as flipping a switch saying, You're out of my life forever because of what you did. I'm sure it's a complicated thing. I'm not saying they agree with it. I'm not saying they're going to give them a pass. But this guy has got to be in a real moral conundrum. And I guess I I bring up the, the question to kind of put out there to all our listeners. You know, really think before you do things. Because all it takes is one bad decision to change your entire life. Sometimes for the good, but a lot of the times for the bad. And uh, for a guy that had so much promise, that was a pioneer, that got you know, special Oscars giving to him for, for the work that he had done, I can't uh, imagine a steeper fall from grace than than what he's about to go through. And, and in some ways, it's at least on the same level, if not worse than what what's happening with Harvey Weinstein, who's just, you know, a complete scumbag, it sounds like, from beginning to end. But everybody knew he was a scumbag. He was, you know, a power monger, control freak. And it just comes out that he you know, force people to have sex with them in sexual relations. Lassiter, you know, he comes across almost like with a childlike innocence because of his enthusiasm for the properties. And now he doesn't even get to do anything out there. There, There is no lesser of evils here, folks. But I wonder how do we move on when we're, we're, in, we're in these situations? And, you know, uh, how do we feel about his films in the past now? Are we allowed to like them again? You know, are we allowed to laugh at the Cosby show? Are we allowed to enjoy anything the Weinstein Company has released? Or is it forever tainted? you are
0: allowed to like all the properties because there's so many people that worked so hard on those projects that are not Bill Cosby or John Laster, especially in the case of Pixar. There's so many hundreds of people. In fact, I know an individual myself, a longtime friend of mine, who has been a part of some of those projects. I am not worried about what John Laster is going to be doing because these things, again, were self-inflicted, and I don't feel sorry for him. And unfortunately, he gets to ride off into the sunset with, like I said, all that cash, all that future earnings and all that. doesn't seem fair that he perpetuated all these bad things while he was the head of Pixar and while he was rising up the ladder at Pixar. And unfortunately, he got to go ahead and do these things. And this is be happening to him is, OK, he leaves his post. But he still gets to ride off merrily into the sunset with whatever accomplishments, accolades, and also on continuous financial fortune that he's going to be able to maintain going forward. So I don't feel sorry for him. I want to make sure that's that's abundantly yeah, clear to everyone. Neither out there. do I. I don't think anybody. Well, and I agree with you on that. But nobody should go ahead and feel like it's tainted. Like for instance, the original Incredibles, which I consider to be the best Pixar movie, or any of the Toy Stories, or whatever, even up to Coco. I don't think anyone should have to feel like they're watching a tainted project because so many individuals, so much time and effort into crafting such a outstanding library of films. But when it comes to the Pixar movies, I think, hey, you know, they're there to enjoy for many years to come for a lot of kids, a lot of adults and, and everyone out there to enjoy the entire library.
1: You know, I got to I got to disagree and I'm going to feel that connection and I'm going to constantly be reminded of Lasseter anytime I watch the Toy Story films and the Cars films in particular because those are the ones that he shepherded the most. Those are the ones where he's been director on. Even though Toy Story 3 he didn't direct, but he was, you know, heavily involved in it. Toy Story 4 is going to come out. What do you think the headlines are going to be? It's not going to be, you know, how awesome the film is. There's going to be tons of mention of did the film perform well enough with or without Lasseter? doesn't matter. What role did Lasseter have in this? Did the leadership change when he left? Is that responsible for, for for the feel of the film? I'm telling you, you're not going to be able to shake it. Like you said, with the Cosby Show, it's a little hard. You have your titular character and the namesake, and they're always constantly reminding you. For me, because the Cars films were based on Lassiter's journey across country as a kid in, in the family vehicle, and him recreating that, I feel the same way about those films uh, and the early Toy Story films. Uh, and when Toy Story four comes out, I'm going to feel the same way. Like it just feels a little tainted that I can't believe I would like something or or have a similar universal appeal to something with somebody that would do that kind of thing. Maybe I'm you know splitting hairs here, just how I kind of feel, and it, and it just kind of turns me the wrong way but it is what it is, you know? Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from Rob McCallum Films.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. Well, another fun and light topic. Uh, we, a lot has been mentioned of Star Wars actor Kelly Marie Tran rose from Last Jedi, quitting social media after months of racial and misogynistic harassment. Daisy Ridley has has done the same already, of course, when The Force Awakens come out. Uh, and a new article from The Hollywood Reporter has Elton John speaking out about it, basically saying we should boycott social media for hom- homophobic hate speech. Elton John, of, of course, a, uh, a gay celebrity and performer, has no love for homophobia and ha- always puts it in his place and is never silent about it. And he's suggesting that we completely boycott social media as a result of what's going on here because these companies in some ways are profiting off the fact that people are talking about so much of this online and even spurring it on their platforms. And it makes me wonder, is fandom a force for good anymore? Are Star Wars fans truly toxic? Or is it just fans in general? Or are certain fans with access to the internet? Is boycotting social media really the answer?
0: Well, social media started out on such a high note and doing so many positive things. I will say that for me, social media, especially Facebook, has been something that has been overall a positive for me in regards to connecting with with lost faces and being able to interact with those not only on a regular basis, but even connect an audience to everything that we do here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. As we've seen over the past, especially recently within the past couple of years or so, people's lives are ruined, people's uh, jobs are are forfeited, and people are harassed and constantly, uh, you know... Social media these days has been used as in many ways as a form of bullying and almost mental torture in some cases. This was horrible the way that Kelly Murray-Tran was treated on Instagram. I personally think it's abhorrent the way these individuals want to go ahead and treat others that is no good for anyone. And in many ways it starts at the very top. In many ways, it starts with the most prominent figures on social media and has only done a lot of negative in these days and ages. And unfortunately, not enough good has been done in social media lately, which is a shame because its purpose and its original intent was to do so much more positive than negative.
1: What I find particularly appalling and just gut-wrenching is when I post something like our Star Wars fans, Toxic, the, the headline from a recent Hollywood Reporter article, or when I share a story about Kelly Marie Tran, uh, uh, it just it kills me when I see some of the comments that people make saying that uh, the toxicity comes from bad writing and bad acting, essentially implying that if those two elements were fixed, whether you agree with that or not, then there would be no toxicity Ergo, you're allowed to be toxic and hateful and bully and basically belittle people if there's something that's not up to your liking or, or your desire, which I think is disgusting in every possible way. That you would find a way to excuse this kind of behavior, uh, let alone for something that has to do with entertainment. What uh, what kills me, and we've had uh, we've had an election up here in Ontario, uh, and the the president. Uh, the conservatives have got in progressive conservatives, which is very much like the Republicans in, in the U S. And there's a lot of analogies that compare Trump to our current, uh, uh, Ontario premier, which is like a state kind of Senator, I guess you could say, or, or the leader of our, our province or provincial government. And there was a lot of people talking about oh, how everything is doom and gloom now that these guys got in. And again, whether you agree with that or not, I think people are missing the point when when stuff like Star Wars and fandom turns to be so vile and wretched that says a lot more than any political party getting in power because movies are our escapism. They're our way out of our reality for two hours at a time to check ourselves. We can learn from these as we sidestep what's going on you know, in a little bubble. We can examine the human condition and what it means to ask bigger questions so that when we leave the little escapist realm of the movie theater... We can come out and have a better perspective on what's going on in our lives, whether we want to start a great rebellion and rise up against the tyranny, whether we want to question the little guy and, uh, you know, help them out and and join in arms for something that's that's greater than any one person together. Movies are supposed to be fun and escapist. And, yeah, they're not perfect and they never will be perfect. But what is going to be perfect to you? You'll never find, I think, a perfect film unless it's Jurassic Park. For me but you will never find anything that is so perfect that you're not up in arms about and I think the real the real problem here is that social media has encouraged people to constantly speak up and almost in an implied contest where who can crap on the thing more and to what degree can we push that envelope uh, without crossing the line and even if we cross the line well so be it I went there first and there's social value and, and the hate that I'm spreading, and I'm allowed to spread it because I'm allowed to have an opinion in free speech. We are living in a world where, if we can't enjoy our fun and realize how important fun and escapism is, we're in serious danger of our society completely collapsing because we have no outlet. Work is important, and play is important. You gotta you go to work for your eight hours a day, and you come home and you relax because you need to decompress and get away from it. Same thing happens every day. If we are constantly, you know, being thrown into these discussions and this hatred, where can we go to to get away from it all to really reset our our mental switches and and how we feel about things? It's a cloud that is more toxic than any political party or election because politics is is, is fleeting. Politics will go away. In another four years, we're going to have other people in power, whether you're in the U.S., Canada, France, England, wherever you are politicians will come and go. They're going to tell you what they want to hear. They're going to try to fix the problems from the previous people, and they're going to create problems of their own for the next people. But these movies are universal lifeblood that communicate to everybody over time. Sometimes we hang on to these too tightly. Sometimes we're not allowed to open our eyes or we feel bad if we do to something new. But the problem is when we don't start communicating it in actually constructive ways and we start tearing things down and the people that are part of them, which are part of them sure to make a living but to bring happiness to millions of people around the world – that's when our world is truly in danger of something evil. And I agree with so much with what you're saying. It's scary
0: because there was a period of time, before social media, there was so much of this hate, this anger, this bullyism. All this stuff was perpetuating under the surface that were potential trolls when social media came around were out there, but they didn't have an outlet to express their feelings. They maybe kept it under the surface. And now that social media thrived in a big way, they now have their platform to go ahead and feel like, okay, they can go ahead and express themselves. But unfortunately, they're expressing it in such a negative and, and horrific fashion.
1: It's just disgusting. And it's really my my plea to everybody out there that's listening. You know, you're allowed to have your opinion, but please conduct yourself like you're actually part of a society that wants to improve. Uh, one of my favorite artists is Frank Turner. He's a UK rock singer, and he's got you a know, new album out. And there's a line, one of his lyrics talks about, you know, we're supposed to be heading to Mars really soon, but look at the state of things that's going on on our own planet. Is this really the society that we live in? We're going to journey forward and further than ever before and, and possibly set up habitats on other planets and we're still bickering and tearing each other down for needless reasons. And and to say that it's okay to do so because I don't like something or you think the writing or acting is bad is so delusional that it blows my mind and, frankly, makes me not want to tell stories or, or make films or or contribute to the discussion in any way because it's just appalling.
0: And to these people, I just say this. Really look at yourself when you're saying these negative and hurtful things Look in the mirror and tell yourself honestly, do you really like what you see? I can't say you do. I don't think you do. Uh, I just think it's a reflection of how you feel about yourself. And instead of putting out things that will help you in your daily life become a better person, you choose to go ahead and treat it in a negative
1: fashion. So we'll leave it at that. And hopefully everybody that's listening will take that to heart. You don't have to fight back against any crap that you see on your Facebook or Twitter page. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. But you certainly should not allow that hatred and that hate speech to stand. Uh, And and if that's the place that social media is going to be, then maybe I will join Elton John and, and take a break from it and basically just live in my own happy little bubble where I don't have to see such poison day to day for ridiculous reasons. Nothing's better when grilling your
0: favorite meal than adding some delicious Wheelie Q rubs, seasonings, and gluten-free barbecue sauce. Made with the finest ingredients, Wheelie Q products pack a ton of flavor to your meals, whether it's ribs, chicken, steak, hamburgers, fries, or vegetables. To get your hands on some of these tasty Wheelie Q items, head on over to www.wheelieq.com and a portion of all profits made will go into finding a cure for spinal muscular atrophy. PCC Multiverse listeners, act now and get 15% off your order today just by entering the promo code POD2. That's P-O-D and the number 2 at checkout. For the tastiest food on the grill,
1: nothing's better than Wheelie Q items today at wheelieq.com. Speaking of poison and poisonous clouds... There is a big shakeup at DC. I'm sure you may have heard of Gerald. Jeff Johns is now stepping down as DC president and creative chief executive, or whatever the fancy title is. And he's formed his own production company called Mad Ghost Productions. And of course, uh, he's already been signed to one film, and that's the Green Lantern Corps film, which may freak a lot of people out considering how poorly the first Green Lantern film did with Ryan Reynolds at the box office. Well, Green Lantern Corp is supposed to focus on Hal Jordan once again and Jon Stewart, another human Green Lantern who protects Earth. There's, I think, four of them in total. And these two guys are going to be the focus of the film from what I understand. And uh, with Jeff Johns uh, being responsible as a full-on producer for this film, it probably actually means good things for fans since uh, he is the premier talent and and definitive storyteller of the Green Lantern universe. He's had the most successful run on the comic book as a writer than anybody else. And he brings a lot of knowledge to it. So I really like the fact that maybe he's stepping back from the overall big picture of DC stuff to focus on that one little corner that he, he nailed so, so well. But what does this say for the ongoing future legacy of DC films? Again, when you're replacing the guy who was supposed to have the grand vision at the top, letting him do his own thing. And now you're putting other people in there with this revolving door of executives. How are you ever going to have this roadmap that is is as successful as something like Marvel and Kevin Feige have done?
0: How many projects right now with DC are are proposed or in production or in some phase of actually being pen on paper I don't know. I've lost track. I read that article and I saw all the things that are out there that are possibly in the works at DC. And to me, it's just troubling. There's just no direction. There's no formula. Like you said, with Marvel and Kevin Feige, there is a plan. There is a start to a finish at a to a Z. There is a, a start and an end game here with DC. It's just all over the place. They want to be like Marvel. Then they want to do their own thing. And then they all throw all these other great ideas that they they think are awesome. And to me, it's just a mess. They need someone to come in there and shake things up and say, hey, we're going to start from scratch. We're going to start with what we have that's good. And we're going to try and build upon that. There's only one thing that's been a sure shot for them as of this point in time. And that is Wonder Woman. She's done that movie. Obviously, did very well. A Wonder Woman two movies coming out next year, and it's going to be good, and it's going to be something that that I'm sure a lot of people will enjoy. Aquaman is coming later this year. That's already pretty much in the can, so you can't. The, the ball's rolling on that one. After that, it really gets murky on what actually will come to the screen or not, but. With all the projects that are supposedly in the works at DC and Warner Brothers, it just seems like it's just a big mess. I would focus on just a core base of films to go off of, and I would not abandon the Justice League. I think you should go back after three or four films and do a Justice League 2 and build on from there uh, instead of just going and, and trying and put 30 or 40 seemingly different projects out there that, and hopefully one will stick with audiences.
1: Yeah. I don't know what to do as DC. And this is something we speculate quite often, both you and I, and I know you and Josh talk about it as well. How do you possibly like write the ship and where do you go from here? I don't think there's any simple answer that makes sense as a sweeping solution I think you just got to start somewhere and, and really find something that works. And maybe they have that with the Wonder Woman and they need to kind of go out from the center of that. And I think Star Wars is is maybe on the same kind of trajectory of like, where is he going with these prequels? Are these prequels like Solo, Obi-Wan and Boba Fett actually going to be connected stories that, you know, have, you know, characters that are shared between them as the, the main nemesis? And I know you guys have talked about it. So spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Solo yet. Is Darth Maul maybe behind all the villains and all these prequels? Prequel kind of standalone story. So that's the unifying thread. So we saw him, of course, at the end of Solo. Will he be at the end of Obi-Wan? when him and Obi-Wan fight again. Will he be part of the Boba Fett movie that's going on? Is that the way that that's a connected universe? I don't know. But there's got to be something that is a little bit more titillating and thought out than what DC is currently doing. Who is just trying to throw their big guns into the pan and hope it works out. Justice League should work for all the right reasons, but it doesn't. I think one thing that they've got to do is really figure out the next Batman move. What are they going to do with Batman and probably Superman? And just focus on Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. They've already got Wonder Woman working. How can you get those other two working? Because they're not right now. We don't even know if Ben Affleck is coming back for sure. If he's not coming back, what the next film is, Is there another Man of Steel film? Is it going to be called something else? How do we go forward and and what's the plan? That's what really needs to be sorted. I agree with you. It should be just Batman, Superman,
0: Wonder Woman. If Aquaman does okay this winter, maybe you can add him in there too and then focus on those four. And then the fifth film, like I said, should be a return to the Justice League where you incorporate Cyborg and Flash and Anything else you want to go ahead and connect with it, other superheroes, maybe uh, having the Green Lantern involved, uh, a major battle between villains and heroes, if that's the case, just do it then and keep it to a four or five movie list and then go from there. When you go ahead and expound on a Joker standalone movie, a Joker prequel, a Batman detective movie, Gotham City Sirens, uh, Green Lantern Corpse, those are for the studios that actually can go ahead and have that history of doing things correctly like Marvel has over the course of the past 10 years because they weren't doing this well beforehand. As you and I both remember, in the early 2000s, Marvel was pretty pretty yeah, much laughed at.
1: They had the X-Men uh, films, and even by the third one, that was laughable. Daredevil, Ghost Rider, they, they needed to do some some work for sure. DC
0: is currently at where Marvel was. And it just seems right now that DC and Warner Brothers need to get together and build a solid plan.
1: You know, I changed my mind. I do have a sweeping suggestion that that I think DC could really make use of and, and really push forward that builds on some of their existing relationships. Warner Brothers, which of course is the parent company of DC now, has a really great relationship going with Amazon. That is counter to what's going on with Netflix and that they put their seasons of HBO television out there. The most current season you'll find on, on Amazon for people to get caught up if you have Prime. Why not help bolster Amazon Prime and do some series-based work with your DC properties? Take the time across 10 episodes or 8 episodes to tell a story right. And I look at something like Green Lantern Corps as a perfect example, which is a very sprawling story to really get in there and tell the tale of what's going on. Instead of in a two hour film where it's either going to be a thumbs up or a thumbs down, let people really invest in these characters. How great would it be for Amazon and DC to have an awesome Batman series that is done at the level of Game of Thrones, super cinematic, but it's on the streaming giant that is going to promote the crap out of it. Then you're not competing with Marvel on the big screen. Then you're still getting the press that you want, and you've got the time to be creative, and you're probably saving a little bit of money too. And you're also going to get the kind of money
0: because it's not like Amazon Prime isn't paying for its content like Netflix is. Let's just say like right there, if they were able to go ahead and coordinate something with Warner Brothers and DC, they are going to pull out all the stops. I could see something with Flashpoint. I could see something with Cyborg. I could see something evolving there with a Joker prequels, Gotham City Sirens. Those would work on that type of format. But on the big screen, it's a hit or miss proposition.
1: You know, comic books have a history of being a, an episodic issue-based thing to begin with. DC is one of the pioneers. They, they obviously predate Marvel by a couple decades. Go back to what you what you guys do well. Tell stories uh, issue by issue and, and beat Marvel at that game because, frankly, Marvel hasn't done that well, save maybe season one of Jessica Jones and Daredevil. On the small screen, Marvel doesn't have the track record, uh, especially compared to DC, like with Flash and Green Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow, like... DC has got the small screen nailed, So why not do a bigger version of that on a streaming giant that wants the content that can promote it and you already have an existing partnership with I think that would get a lot of people excited and I think you'd find a lot of people tuning in versus and you think you'd eliminate a ton of hate back and forth when you try to go toe to toe on the big screen. A lot of stuff happening in our world, uh, not to return to the heavier subject, but of course, we lost a, another TV personality that had a lot of mileage under his belt uh, that, you know, for whatever reason, I kind of looked up to as a bit of a hero, given a lot of the films that I made. And that is, of course, Mr. Anthony Bourdain, who's, you know, responsible for Parts Unknown, The Layover, and other series that are quite remarkable for his, his zeal and his sense of adventure to go anywhere where people would not go. He went into the local habitats to, to break bread with people, to try different cuisines, all for the sake of wanting to experience life a, a new mouthful at a time. He's a very down-to-earth guy. And the reason I say I kind of look up to him as a bit of a hero is I've done a lot of films that include a lot of travel. So when I see his weary look as he goes from place to place, I know that. I know that feeling and what it's like to go to destination to destination and discover all the cool things that are there. And as, you know, Jay and I talk about different things that might happen in the future, you know, I kind of look to a guy like him who's put together series and what it's like to go out there and, and how you bring the show together based on the stuff that he's done. And it's just really unfortunate to hear and learn about his passing. I think we've lost a real great human being here. Mental health, again, is not something you should take lightly. I feel like a lot of people are saying, oh, well, I'm depressed and, you know, I, I've got mental health issues. I get it. We all say the same thing. And you, know, you look at the other topics that we've covered on today's show. There's reasons why people have depression and mental health issues. But what are we doing about it instead of just declaring that I, too, have a problem? We need to talk about it. We need to put solutions in place so that there's a support system for these people, that there isn't any stigma that's easy for them to reach out and get the help they need, even if that means putting their life on pause momentarily for a year, two years, five years. The world is a better place when people like Anthony Bourdain are around. And it's a real travesty that mental health won the battle against him. But fortunately, his legacy, again, will live on in, in filmed entertainment that he's been able to provide with us. So again, to everybody in his family and his friends and people that were lucky enough to meet him and, and share a few moments with him, my uh, my heart goes out to you. Uh, I will continue to probably indulge in his content that he's put out there as, as I look forward to to create new things. And just just such a shame.
0: Our family enjoyed everything that he brought to the program. I know upon retrospective that CNN was showing several episodes of his and they were all very captivating. I know he was able to communicate whether you were former President Obama, he was able to relate to him, or if you were just the individual that was serving him something in a land far away he was able to connect with anyone and it just seemed that he was so uh, intelligent about the way he did things about wherever he was at and it was just like i said a very fascinating program that he was bringing to us that he brought to the world that expanded our minds uh, and it brought us new cultures and and informed us about the world around us such a tragic loss and i will say this I agree with your thoughts on mental health, and if you have someone out there that really is in a dark place that you fear for them or yourself that you're going to go ahead and do something harmful, please reach out to those, not only just loved ones, but there's also the National Suicide Prevention Center here. I am sure there's something in Canada in place that as well that you can reach out and talk to, that our specialists are standing by that can actually go ahead and help with any problems you might have when it concerns mental health.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a heavy subject, but I think you know we got to do more than just declare any problems we may have in a vacuum. We've got to work together to uh, really combat the disease that that exists as depression and, and our other ailments that are out there on the on the mental level. So, yeah, another great episode of the Cosmic Crossfire. I think, my friend. It was a very great episode.
0: I agree with you on that. A little heavy this week, but it needed to be. I know things will be a little bit lighter on our next week's episode, hopefully. But if the need should rise again to talk about everything around us, because it does relate to pop culture, then we'll go wherever in the Cosmic Crossfire you need to take us, Rob.
1: Well, we're like the the Starship Enterprise. We're on a five-year mission to boldly go where uh, pop culture takes us.
0: Absolutely. And if you have questions for Rob or I, please share them with us. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook. And also, Rob McCallum Films on Facebook and at McZob on Twitter. Tell us how we're doing you share any thoughts with us on the subjects that we talk about on a weekly basis but also as well get a chance to check out all the great stuff at dot you've got so many irons in the fire my friend you're just keeping yourself busy any updates on any of the projects you want to share with us today
1: well we are hoping for a relaunch of galaxy of hope in july we've tinkered with some of the rewards and the structure and We feel that if we can get at least the production budget together in the can, despite having some outstanding post-production legal and insurance fees, that that should be enough to maybe convince people in a second campaign or rope a distributor in that believes in it to uh, send us an advance to cover our additional costs. So stay tuned for Galaxy of Hope relaunch 2.0 if you will in in july and of course power of Skull, masters of the universe the definitive history of is coming down and coming out very soon we hope can't quite say anything yet but we're not that far away either so that's coming of course check out kitty check out missing mom on amazon please when you watch anything on amazon make sure you take the time to rate it The difference between a five-star review and a four-star review could be as much as 50,000 views in a single day, 100,000 views depending on on the content. It goes a long way to helping independent artists get noticed and get out there and have their work spread like wildfire. I just had a, a woman reach out to me this morning who who explain that her situation was very similar to mine and, and missing mom and how she's cut off from her half brothers and half sisters and her mom who started a second family hasn't talked to her and she's afraid to reach out, but the film has inspired her and she doesn't know what action might take next, but she's actually inspired for the first time in decades. So really heartwarming to hear that kind of stuff. That is very heartwarming. I, I totally agree with you on that.
0: Check out all the great projects today on Rob McCallum films.com. But Rob, I have one last question. Does that mean you're cutting out my uh, salary in accordance with my
1: personal appearance fee as well on the film? No, you will continue to receive your salary as Girl Scout cookies as donated by your daughters. And as far as the cameo, well, you may be included on some bonus features for any interviews that you do with Jay and I.
0: That sounds great. Uh, Right alongside the credits. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know me i don't care either way it's no worries i'm just glad to be uh, helping any way i can and contribute to anything that you guys do out there because it's all great it's been just such a, a fantastic ride so far and i hope it keeps on going but again uh our condolences to again to obviously the family of sid who's been a major contributor for nintendo quest our thoughts are with your family and and Uh, just wish the best in regards to that And, and we'll keep the memories going for you and everything as well that you did for the gaming scene up there in Canada so you're going through a tough time you Jay and everyone else in the gaming community up there my thoughts and prayers are with you Jay and the rest of the gaming family up there in Canada appreciate it sir until next time until next time indeed Rob it's always so great to have you on the show and of course a part of the Cosmic Crossfire right here ...on the pop culture...